Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. Contending in prayer. The Spirit of God ministered this in my heart uh, about a week or so ago. I was sitting down asking the Holy Spirit because if you were here during the crossover service, by the way, make sure you go and listen to the message for crossover. The title of that message is what? Going forward. Get the full audio message. Listen, there are five things God emphasized. And if you want to go forward, you must commit to them. The first one is moving from dishonor to what? To honor. Once become a man of, tell your neighbor, you must be a man of honor. That's why it's part of our confession. You must be a man of what? Honor. To honor means to value, to regard, to respect. You must learn to value, and there are, the Bible gives us a list beginning from God. We must learn to honor God with our life and our substance. That's what the Bible says. It says, honor the Lord with your substance, and your band will burst forth with wine and with increase. So you begin by honoring God. Remember what Samuel said? He said, God said, um, they that honor me, I will what? I will honor. But they that dishonor me shall be lightly esteemed. So God says, if you ignore me, you will be ignored. But if you honor me, I will honor you. So to honor God means you acknowledge God. You acknowledge him with your life, with your substance, with your affairs and everything. Proverbs 35 tells us how to do that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all, not some, in all your ways, all your ways, every area of your life in all your ways acknowledge him and what will you do he will direct your path direction comes from god but god only direct those who honor him or acknowledge him if you don't acknowledge him you'll be running your life on your own terms and trust me you won't do a good job okay so honor god honor your pastors honor the bible say on those that labor in the world accounted of double honor you don't know what it takes to preach. You think it's just to stand here and talk. There's a lot that goes into preaching. Honor those who God has put. The Bible says, honor them that have the rule over you, which are your leaders, your elders. Be a man of honor. If you're working, you're in a department, you're in a place, honor your leaders. Respect them. Respect them not because they are perfect or they are better. Respect them because of the role they play in your life. Say amen. Yeah. So if they discipline you, you don't start behaving like a baby. It's time you had grow some nonsense. They just discipline you. You stop coming to church. Right, baby? You will never grow. You never grow. And it, when they just discipline you and you don't like it, you just behave like a child. Reminds me of my little girl. Just do. I don't have time for that. Praise the Lord. So a man of honor will not behave that way. A man of honor sees discipline as improvement and value add. Do you understand that? You should thank God that somebody can can discipline and call you to order. There are many who don't have that, and they're reckless. Read the book of Proverbs, you see that there. All right, so be a man of honor. Honor 
like what I did, the Spirit of God put some things in my heart, and I honored the fathers in my life. I have, I have about four of them. I sent seeds to all of them. They spoke and blessed me for 2022. I prayed, sent seeds to all of them. That's honor. Some of them were shocked when they saw what I sent. Like I said, every one of them, one prayed over me this morning. All right? That's honor. It's very important you understand. And honor is a hard thing. If somebody's making you do it, then you don't understand honor. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, it's a hard thing. Then also honor the Lord with your substance. Every year, I increase my offering. It's called honor. I don't give the same offering I gave last year. I don't do that. On Sundays and on Wednesday. And let me deal with a lie in some of our hearts. See, when God tells us to give, he's not talking to our pocket. He's talking to our faith. If you do not have to give, it's because you are not exercising your faith. You know why? God is the giver of seed to who? The sower. So when, when they say give, I say, you know, I don't have work. Oh. The kind of money I make in my work, you get as it be. You know why you're talking like that? Because you think your job is your source. Your job is not your source. Your source is him. He said he will supply all our needs according to your job. No, according to his riches in glory by Christ. That's why many of us, the reason we're, we're having lack in our life is that we're not liberal in our heart. When it comes to giving, we have grudge. We give with grudge and necessity. And the Bible says, God says, I don't want you to give to me because of grudge. Or I'm not forcing you. He said, God loves a cheerful giver, a joyful giver. And when you do that, he causes grace to abound unto you. Tell me to say glory to God. I've already made up my mind what I'm going to do. One of the, this door here, this iron door. I want to buy one of them during this fast and do it and put this place. Bam. And I told you to by faith. I said before um, the first quarter of the year, this year, we're going to put all the doors here. Then before the first six months, we're going to finish putting the ceiling here. If you believe that, say amen. Yeah. Don't put yourself under any pressure. We're not, talk, we're not talking to you. If your faith is not there, we're not talking to you. But if you believe God with me, then God can pass resources through your hands. Do you understand that? that that's what faith is all about. It's built. It's called honor. Honor the work of God. That's one of the elements of honor. Honor God's work. Honor God's work. Hallelujah. So make sure you listen to the message there about five things God demands from us if we're going to go forward. We're going to emphasize that as we pray during the 21 days of fasting that is beginning from tomorrow. We're going to be doing that. Say amen. amen. Alright, everybody say, let me say contending in prayer. Contending in prayer. Say that one more time. Contending say contending in prayer. Contending. <coughs> say contending in prayer. Contending. We're going to be teaching this, not, maybe not too long, but I want us to get our hearts right because this is an aspect of prayer that many believers are not are not aware of. They're ignorant about it. And your prayer is not going to, your prayer life is not going to produce results if you don't understand the place of contention or contending in prayer. Now, the subject of prayer is dominant or central to our walk with God. There is no walk with God without prayer. Is that clear? Do you understand what I mean by that? You're not to pray to walk with God. That's what I'm saying. So if you are not praying, what is that? You're not walking with God. 
Another way to put it is, if you're not praying, you are not having interactions with God. And when you talk about interactions, you're talking about a two-way flow of communication. Is that not true? If I'm speaking with this brother, for instance, and we're discussing something, and I say some things that require him to respond to me, and he responds to me and probably asks me questions, what are we doing? We are what? Interacting. Because it's a two-way communication. And as we interact, we can know the mind of God. Hallelujah. We can understand the expectations of God and commit to them. But when you are prayer, you're, you're not praying or you don't have a prayer life, you have no interact. God is like a statue in your life. An idol. You know what they call a statue? Those ones they put in shrine that they carved. Just one spot. God, God becomes this nebulous, lifeless entity in your life. And so after a while, you fake spirituality. You come to church, you become bored. You're more carnal because there's no interaction between you and God. So prayer is walking with God. Those who pray are those who walk with God. To not have time to pray is to not have time to walk with God. And the evidence will be clear in your life. Say with me, say in 2022. Say that louder. I choose to be a man of prayer. One more time. Say, I choose to be a man of prayer. And let me tell you, a man of prayer will always be distinguished. A believer who prays will always be distinguished. Am I making any sense? Now, our relationship with God is only active and effective. The word effective means producing the desired result. Our relationship with God is only active and effective to the degree of our prayer life. Did you hear what I said? The benefit of your relationship with God is only active and effective to the degree of your prayer life. If your prayer life is very poor, then the flow of God in your life will be very poor. And that's what's wrong with many believers today. Okay? They don't enjoy prayer because they don't interact with God. Jesus modeled and taught prayer. So we're going to go through some scriptures to see the priority and the place of prayer in the life of Jesus. Everybody say the priority. You know what the priority is? That which comes first. Is that not true? That's what priority means. That which comes first in order of importance. That, is that clear? So let's look at some scriptures that shows the priority and place of prayer in the life of Jesus. This is very important you get this. First one is Matthew 14, 23. Try to take them, you know, serially so that we can flow. The next one will be Mark. Matthew 14, 23. Are you there? Hallelujah. What does it say? And when he had sent the multitudes away. You know, multitude following Jesus was a common phenomenon with him. But you know the thing about multitude? Multitude can also become a distraction. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They can so drain you because everybody wants to see you. Everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody wants to engage you. And if, if you're not careful, Jesus was very careful. So there was a time he said, it's time for you guys to go. And he sent the multitude away. Please, can I tell you something? Your success can become your failure. Did you hear what I said? If you don't have time to pray anymore. That which you think that makes you big, can bring the th that can be the thing that will bring you down when you do not have time to pray. Did you hear what I said? I know there are some people who, when they were believing God for something and they were expecting God, 
they prayed, they prayed, they prayed, they prayed. The moment they had a breakthrough, they don't pray anymore. They are not living off the breakthrough. And they forgot that it was God that generated that. So they become more attached to the blessing and they abandon the blesser. Be careful. Tell the number say, be very careful. I learned something from Reverend Afolabi years ago. He said, success is like a wine. If you don't control it, it can intoxicate you. Do you understand that? You can get so su successful to a point that you become self-reliant instead of God-reliant. You begin to rely on your success, on your result. Money is coming, so you don't pray as you used to pray anymore. You don't fast anymore. You know, when you pray now, you're, 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 you're praying like somebody that is eating fried rice. Lord, Lord, I thank you, Father. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I, I give you... Uh, what's wrong with you? You don't pray anymore. Everything is so cool. Even the way you walk, self, you will show that. <laughs> when they are praying, say, you know, I say it's poverty, it's poverty. That's why they are doing like this. See, when you are blessed, you pray. You just pray with. <laughs> Your days are not good, so you better be careful. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Any success that does not allow you to pray is a cause. Did you hear what I said? Any progress that does not make you pray is a setup for failure. Did you hear what I said? Any progress in the life of a believer that does not give him time to pray is not progress. It's a setup. It's a breakdown, not a breakthrough. You may call it a breakthrough, but it's a breakdown. Because anything that is like progress in your life that doesn't drive you to God did not come from God. How many of you know Satan can give you breakthroughs? He can. He can make things happen so you don't have time for God. So be careful. Not every promotion comes from God. There are some promotions that are setups. So you need to be discerning to know the difference between that which is from God and that which is from the enemy. And you can only do that when you have an active prayer life. So, Matthew 14, 23, the Bible says, and when he had sent the multitude away, what did he do? He went up into a mountain apart. Apart. That means he separated himself from the multitude to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Any man who wants to make mark for God must learn how to be there alone with God. You are, you, have, you are spending too much time with people. And this is a new generation. You need to be very careful. You need to manage social media so it doesn't manage you. Did you hear what I said? Sometimes you, you spend praying. Just What did happen? I know some of the things. Don't blame TikTok. Blame yourself. Did you hear what I said? It's not TikTok that is the problem. It's you. Did anybody put gun in your head to watch TikTok? No. It's you that picked up the phone. It's you that switched up the app. It's you that is watching. So don't blame TikTok. You know, somebody say, the reason why people are dying is because of poison. No, no, it's not poison. It's because people took poison. Is that not so? Is it not so? Yeah. Is it because the fact that there's poison on many people that somebody has to take the poison now? Is it not true? Yeah. That's why money is not the root of evil. It is the love of money. So you need to manage yourself. Say amen. Jesus knew that. He understood that. He never allowed the interactions with men to affect his privacy with God. And that's where many of you need to learn. Don't allow, I'm, I'm telling you this. Don't allow any interaction in your life, anything that robs you of your alone time with God. Go to Mark 135. I'm going to stay on, on script as much as I can. 
Mark 1.35. Quickly, we're going to go to Luke next. Mark 1.35. I thought we have sorted this thing. The thing should be showing now. Mark 1.35. What does it say? And in the morning, you see the word morning there? Jesus prayed at different times of the day. The first one was not in the morning. It was like in the afternoon. He prayed from afternoon to evening. Is that not true? Yeah. So he prayed around the clock. But in Mark 1.35, the Bible gives us a preview about how Jesus' day begins. That's what we see here. In the morning, <coughs> rising up a great while before day. That means he must have gotten up like four. Four, five. Before the day began to break. Before light, daylight starts appearing. And some of us by four, five. You will sleep until it's 30 minutes to go to your work. And jump on. This year you must change in Jesus' name. And in the morning, rising up a great while, before day, what did he do? He went out and he departed into a solitary place. That word solitary in the Greek means a deserted or a desert place where nobody is. So he went to a place where nobody can disturb him. You must have your solitary place. Did you hear what I said? You must have what? Your solitary place must be you entering your room and locking your door. So that when you are not praying, someone will not just go, crack out. Where, where is the tower? Back up. Then you are praying again. What of that? No. Everybody says solitary place. Because when, when you pray, God wants your undivided attention. We're looking at this from Jesus. He departed into a solitary And there, what did he do there? He prayed. He didn't watch TikTok. <laughs> Not that it existed during this time anyway. He went to a solitary place to pray. We're looking at the priority and the place of prayer in the life of Jesus. Luke 6, 12, everybody. Luke 6, 12 and verse 13. If you don't get it right in the place of prayer, you're not going to get it right anywhere. Because it, it, it all begins... Spiritual progress begins with prayer. What did I say? Say that again. Say that one more time. Some of you are not saying anything. Spiritual progress begins with prayer. So there is no spiritual progress without prayer. You are joking. You want to progress spiritually and you don't pray? There's nothing like that. It doesn't work. So if you are a Christian that don't have time to pray, then you don't want spiritual progress. You think it's your effort. There is a, your effort is grossly limited. Look at what the Bible puts it. It says, for by strength, no man can prevail. So you, want to, you think you are working in a good company or in a nice bank and they're paying you fat salary. That's not your source. That's just a channel. Problem starts when you start making your channel your source. Hallelujah. Luke 6, 12, to verse 13. Are you there? And it came to pass in those days. Everybody say those days. May you have the same days in your life. I say may you have those, those days in your life. Say amen. Those days. Those days. That he went out into a mountain to pray. May it come to your life. Say, Where is um, Tyus? Say he's praying. Where is John? He's praying. I saw you did pray. Yes, because spiritual progress begins in the place of prayer. See, I was going to church to pray. Have you not read the book of Acts of the Apostle? When, uh, uh, what was his name? Peter and who was going to the temple? Peter and who? 
John and Peter and John. He says, at the hour of prayer, they were going to pray. As they were going to pray, God they healed the man that was crippled. Also, the Bible talked about Paul. I think, was it Paul and Silas? Yeah. When they were going to pray by the riverside, they met Lydia. He said, at the time of prayer. So they had set time for corporate prayer. These days, people will negotiate their prayer time for anything. Even if the office reason is not serious, they will use office. See, I, I, I wanted to do it, but just that it wasn't possible in the office. And you could have left earlier. He said he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night. Everybody say all night. He, the, the first time all night is mentioned prayer, it was a personal place of prayer. He continued all night in prayer to God. Look at verse 13. And when it was day, he didn't sleep. He was to make a very important choice about disciples. It was through that prayer, all night prayer, he knew the 12 disciples because Jesus had to depend on the Holy Spirit. It was during that all night prayer, Jesus knew the 12 disciples he was going to pick and also discerned by the Spirit that one of them would betray him. He knew by the Spirit. He continued on. Many of you are making important decisions with that prayer. You're depending on your brain. You're depending on your intelligence. You're depending on your skill. That's a dangerous adventure. Luke chapter 9, verse 28, everybody. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. This is where we see Jesus also engaging corporate prayer. You know, all the scriptures we've read has to do with his personal time of prayer. You must have a disciplined, personal time and place of prayer. Is that clear? You must. I, I didn't hear everybody answer me. If you don't do that, you'll be spiritually sluggish. You become spiritually sluggish. All of a sudden, you'll be having unnecessary body exhaustion. You slept too, but you will be in a service and you just feel tired. It's not because your body is tired. It's because you are, you are shifting into spiritual sluggishness. You're not active. The flesh begins to have an overwhelming pressure on you. You become spiritually sluggish. You become easily distracted. You can't even concentrate in a message. Why? Because your spiritual flow is low. You're not praying anymore. So the way you receive and retain God's word is poor. You have more flesh than spirit. Luke 9, 28. And it came to pass about what? And eight days after these sayings, he took Peter, John, and James and went up a mountain to pray. These were his inner circle men. Because they became the leaders of the church later. But he brought them close. to And brought them into his personal prayer life. Hallelujah. Now let me say this at this point. The disciples of Jesus. Having walked with Christ for about three and a half years. By observation and experience. They traced the secret behind the exploits of Jesus to his prayer life. They saw him do a lot of things. But they noticed that any time he disappears to one place and go and pray, by the time he comes back, things will start to happen. You didn't hear what I said. I said things will what? Will begin to happen. They will wake up most of the time in the morning, we saw that from Mark 135, 
they will wake up most of them sometime. If you read one other place, the Bible says, and they woke up and they were looking for Jesus. And, and when they found him, he had just finished praying. You know, say, you know, he said, say, let's leave this city and go to the next city. That's where God wants us to go. He had downloaded the instruction for the next day in the place of prayer. He knew what to do and what not to do. So did the man say, uh, uh, I think the secret behind this, because when you work with a man that has certain results, you want to find out what is behind his success. And they traced the secret behind the exploits of Jesus to his prayer life. That was why they asked him to teach them how to pray. Go to Luke 11 verse 1 and verse 2. They traced that, that the secret behind the exploit of Christ was his prayer life. He had time to pray. Do you have time to pray? Is prayer becoming a luxury for you? It's becoming a difficult thing, an expensive thing. Is prayer becoming a second opinion to you? You would think Christians would make prayer a, a priority in their life. But we don't have time for prayer. We have time for a lot of activity, not the activity of prayer. Luke 11, 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain... I love this. He was praying in a certain place. The disciples attracted him for a while. That the secret behind this exploit is his prayer life. I told you, spiritual progress is impossible without prayer. Do you understand that? You want to progress spiritually, you must be a man of prayer. The, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he seized, <laughs> one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples, we want to have this same interaction you have with God. We want to have the same flow you have with God. We want to have the same exploit that you have with God. We want to have the same encounter that you have with God. Teach us to pray. Teach us how to do this thing. And he said to them in verse 2, and he said, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in, as in heaven, so in heaven. He was teaching the prince. He wasn't teaching the, the Lord's prayer. Like some of you think it is. Now, that's not what he was. He wasn't the name. Recite, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. That's not what he said. Read it. He was teaching them the principle behind his prayer life. That prayer is about birthing the will of God in the earth. Say amen. Did you hear what I said? Prayer is about what? Birthing the will of God in the earth. Say I hear you. That's why he said, he said uh, our father which art in heaven, it begins with connection with God. Prayer is relationship and flow with God. Prayer is spending time with the Father. And as you spend time with the Father, you worship him, you honor him, you hallow his name, you bless his name, you worship him. Then, that, in that place of prayer, God's kingdom, which is God's government, the kingdom of God is the government or the rulership of God, and the rulership of God is the will of God. And God wants that rulership to be done in the earth, in the hearts of men. The target of the will of God is the heart of men. And that's where prayer comes. And he's telling them, there's prayer. If I'm going to do the will of God. Remember, he always talks about doing the will of God. But he was teaching them that if I'm going to do the will of God, I have to be a man of what? Prayer. If you don't like to pray, you will do another will. Probably your own or Satan's own. But if you pray, you will learn to do God's will. Say amen. Come on, say I hear you. Now, Jesus had encounters in the place of prayer. 
divine encounters. There was one time he was praying, and the Bible said an angel appeared and strengthened him. So there are encounters in the place of prayer. I've had some. Jesus had encounters in the place of prayer that affected and altered his physical appearance. There was one time, Luke 9, 29, everybody. He says, and as he prayed, Luke chapter 9, verse 29. And as he prayed, glory to God. And as he prayed, somebody say, as he prayed. May that be said of you in Jesus' name. And as he prayed, the fashion, the word fashion means the appearance, the look of his countenance. Countenance means his face. As he prayed, the fashion or the appearance of his face, what happened was, was altered. <laughs> Look at what the Bible says. And his clothes or raiment was white and glistering, was shining. His face transformed when he prayed. There is transformation. Say that with me. Say there is transformation in the place of prayer. Can, can I say this to every one of you? Fathers, mothers, business people, singles, are there things you're struggling with? The only thing you struggle with is what you have not secured victory over in the place of prayer. That's what you struggle with. It could be with a child. There are some battles you will fight in the place of prayer. If you don't, the child will manipulate you. Because what is producing that may be demonic and you don't know. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you struggling with something? Get back to the place of prayer. That's the place of encounter. That's the place of the source. Hallelujah. His face was altered. His face was altered. The place of prayer. I remember one early morning when I was in campus, we were going to pray. As we were going to prayer, the Lord opened the eyes of some people to see angels and they ran away. They were telling me the story later. We had encounters, strange encounters. People saw angelic, they saw the glory of God in ways they couldn't explain. Prayer is the place of encounter. And hear me, brothers and sisters, if you're going to generate kingdom credibility and impact, you must be a man of encounter. If you're going to generate kingdom credibility and impact, you must be what? Be a man of encounter. And you can only secure encounter in the place of prayer. You don't pray, you don't be a showman. Everybody say show. Show, show. You'll be trying to impress with your dressing. You'll be trying to impress with your wits, your skill, your oratory power. But there will be no life. Because life is only generated in the place of what? Prayer. All right. Why must we contend? Okay, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. Not why. Um, we, we've looked at the place and priority of prayer in the life of Jesus. I want to make a statement and I'll explain that before I round up. I'll take it up in the second service. Write this down. We must contend to advance the will of God. We must what? Contend to advance the will of God. How many of you know that the will of God affects every area of our lives? There's a will of God for your life. There's a will of God for your health. There's a will of God for your finances. There's a will of God for your joy. There's a will of God for your business. There's a will of God for every area of your life. Because the word of God is all encompassing. And to try to operate any area of your life without the knowledge of God's will as revealed in the world is ignoring God. Did you hear what I said? Everybody, are you here? 
let me repeat what I just said. There is a will of God for every area of your life. Because the word of God is the wisdom of God and it's all-encompassing. There's a will of God for your health. There's a will of God for your, your joy. There's a will of God for your family. There's a will of God for your business. There's a will of God uh, for your finances. There's a will of God for your relationship. There's a will of God for every area of your life. And to attempt to operate any area of your life without the knowledge of God's will is to ignore God. And to trust in your ability. You're doing marriage. I don't know what God says about marriage. You're handling marriage like a, a, a local man, tribal man. The problems you will face will be very much. You're doing business like a purely natural man. That means you're unaware of the forces we're dealing with. We must contend to advance the will of God for your life. That business you're doing, there's the will of God for It's in the word. Have you discovered it? And if you're going to fulfill that will of God in your business, you must learn to contend for it in prayer. Write this down. If we're going to advance the will of God for our lives and the nation which God has called us, we're not just called to know and discover and engage God's will in our life. We're also called to discover and engage God's will for the nations of the earth. That's what God called us for. He said, I'll bless you and I'll make you a blessing. If we are going, hear these brothers and sisters, if we're going to advance or promote the will of God for our lives, and the nations, as well as our environment, we must learn to contend in what? <clears throat> in prayer. Write this down. God's will cannot be birthed without contending for it in prayer. What did I say? God's will cannot be birthed. The word birth means produced. God's will cannot be produced in the earth without contending for it in prayer. Please write these things down because I am trusting the Holy Spirit that it should provide some answers to some of the issues you've been dealing with, especially those seemingly long issues that you have now used your own carnal reason to provide an alternative explanation for and it has nothing to do with the will of God. Please hear me and hear me well. God's will cannot be birthed without contending for it in prayer. Now, I want to ask two questions. Have you located a promise from the scripture concerning an area of your life that seems to be pending? It's not manifesting. You're not seeing the manifestation of what God says in an area of your life. You're not seeing that. And you wonder what's going on. If, if you're dealing with that, then you need, you need to listen to what I'm teaching. Am I making any sense? Hallelujah. Number two, do you have a prophetic word from God? A revelation from God, a vision or a dream from God that God spoke to you about certain things that should happen in your life. And up till now, they seem to be pending in your life. It's as if nothing is going on. You have a prophetic word, then please hear me. Listen to the counsel of God's word. You must learn to contend for you for it in prayer. You must. If you're going to produce God's will in your life, you must learn the place of contention in prayer. First of all, what does it mean to contend? Let me say something and I'll take it up. Second service. Go to Jude 1 verse 3. What does it mean to contend? Jude chapter 1 verse 3. I'll read that scripture and I'll begin to explain. You need to know that. It's important you get this. Jude 1 and verse 3. I'll read the scripture, make a statement, and I'll stop. Jude 1 3. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, 
of the common salvation. He uses the word common salvation. The word common means the same salvation they experience is the same salvation you and I experience. Yeah, Jesus is not different. Say amen. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and for what? Forevermore. Glory to God. So I write unto you concerning the common salvation, the salvation that has been made available to us through Christ. It was needful for me to write unto you and to exalt you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I'm going to make some statements and I'll build them up in the second service. Number one, to contend means to struggle. Everybody say to struggle. You didn't hear what I said. Say to struggle. Contend means to struggle. Now when you use the word struggle, what does struggle mean? It means that three meaning of struggle I'm going to give you. To contend means to struggle. But what does it mean to struggle? The word struggle is what you get the word, you also get the word wrestle. How many of you have watched a wrestling match before? It's a contention between two opponents. Is that not true? Yeah, so the word struggle is the same as the word wrestle. All right? Now, what does it mean to struggle or to wrestle? Number one, it means to make forceful or violent effort to get free of restraint or restriction. When you struggle, you're making a forceful or violent effort to be free from something that is trying to restrain you. Something that's trying to stop you. Something that's trying to stop you. So when you struggle, you're trying to break away from it. I refuse this. I refuse this. I refuse to be here. I refuse to be in this spot. I'm not going to stay here anymore. I have to get out of this place. You struggle. It means to make forceful or violent effort to get out free of restraint. Any form of restraint. Another meaning of the word struggle. It means to engage in a conflict or a fight. When you are struggling, you are engaged in a war, a fight, or a conflict. That's number two. Then number three, to struggle also means to achieve something in the face of difficulty. Hallelujah. Say the struggle. What does it mean? You are achieving something in the face of difficulty. Despite all the difficulties and the challenges, you are determined to achieve something. Somebody say glory to God. So to struggle means three things. Number one, it means, are you ready? Remember what we said? It means to make forceful or violent efforts to get free of restraint or restriction. Number two, it means to engage in a fight or a conflict or war. Then finally, number three, it means to achieve something in the face of difficulty. Somebody will ask, where did they come from? Just chill. <laughs> so, remember we said to contend means to struggle. Which also means that to contend simply means to do what? To engage in what? Let's, let's read it. Since we now know what struggle means. It also means to contend means to make forceful of violent effort to get free of restraint. Is that not true? Yeah, because to contend means to struggle. It means when I contend, I'm making forceful or violent effort to be free from restraint. It also means, number two, to contend means to engage in a fight, a war, or a conflict. Is that clear? Then number three, contend also means to do what? 
<coughs> to achieve something in the face of difficulty. So when we say contending in prayer, we're talking about engaging prayer power. Everybody say prayer power. Prayer force. In order for us to be free from any restraint. Engaging prayer power. In order for us to achieve something in, the, in spite of difficulty. When we engage prayer power, we are contending in the place of prayer. Say amen. Am I making any sense? Now, this is the statement I want to stop. When Adam sinned in the beginning and he fell, you know, God gave dominion of the earth to, man, to Adam, which meant whatever the earth becomes was a function of Adam. When he says, let him have dominion. But when he sins, one of the crises that was introduced into humanity was a war. Did you hear what I said? Everybody say a war. Another meaning of the word is a fight, a battle, a conflict. A conflict was introduced into humanity because of Adam's transgression. What, are the, what is that conflict? You and I must battle those two things in the place of... Thank God that because of Jesus, we've been given advantage in the war. But it still does not take out the enemy. You need to know what we battle with or contend with. So you can know how to persevere in the place of prayer to win your own. Did you hear what I said? Because if you don't win it, you're not going to produce the will of God. It will prevent you from producing the will of God in your life. I, am I making any sense? My time is up. Rise up on your feet. Everybody bring out your offering. Let me pray. This morning, uh, like... Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.